Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Startup Radio, where we candidly share the unfiltered truths about what it's really like to start and build your own business. So you can love it and learn from our mistakes and get inspired to embark on this beautiful and messy journey called entrepreneurship yourself. Did you? Okay. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Startup Radio. Today... We have a little bit of a fun chat for you guys. Um, we, I don't know which episode was it where we had this episode structure. Myths. Mm, yes, myths. <laughs> we did an episode on business and entrepreneurship myths. And we loved that chat. We loved to kind of prepare some myths in secret and then surprise each other with our myths and get our first reactions. So we thought we'd do this kind of episode again, but not with myths, but actually with our business X. But before we start, Nina, how are you? I'm a little bit sick, so please bear with me if I sound a little bit nasal, <laughs> because um, I just have a little bit of a flu, but I think I got over the worst part of it. So, um, <laughs> but other than that, I'm good. A little bit depressive because uh, of the weather. Mm. I just hate what it looks like outside. But we've established that I'm very, very much focused on weather when it comes to my moods. And I can see the sun <laughs> is shining over at your place. So how are you? It's actually not. It's, it's not just the clouds. Like it though. No, it's the clouds. They're, I mean, they're not as thick. So there comes a little bit of a sun but you can't see the sun so it's all right i'm fine i'm having a whole podcast day today which is amazing it's so much fun that we are so i recorded a guest episode with an amazing guest this morning that will hopefully launch very soon and now we're recording this episode i scheduled uh, some content for instagram so it's been a very productive and creative day Very nice. Very good. Yes. <clears throat> Nina, what's your recommendation for this week? Yes, my recommendation is to update your LinkedIn profile. No, just kidding. I, I knew that that's probably yours, right? No, uh, it's I, not. I could have <laughs> bet that this is your recommendation. Just because Why? I saw, because I did it. Yeah. And you, like, <laughs> you shared it on your business account and everything. It's like, this goes out to all my bitches, you know? <laughs> Okay, it's, that's actually not my um, recommendation, though. But do it anyways. Do it anyways. I kind of. It I felt kind of very feel, good. I feel like it should be my recommendation now because the other recommendation I have is kind of shit. <laughs> I want to hear it anyway. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay, my other recommendation is to repot your plans. <laughs> we'll take the LinkedIn. <laughs> I still think it's very important to report your plans though. And this is more of a reminder to myself rather than a recommendation to everyone else. Because I feel like in springtime, you should give your little plant babies a new home. And um, yeah, it's about to become spring. So do that and update your LinkedIn yeah. profile. <laughs> <laughs> so, so spring clean your LinkedIn and spring clean your plant pots. I actually repotted two or three of my plans there you go uh, yeah i did it a couple of weeks ago but they were desperate for a report so um yeah love that recommendation love linkedin 
I haven't really used LinkedIn a lot. I think I told uh, you that before, but I think it's still nice. It, it gets more important. I feel like it gets more important, especially because I start a new job very soon. So there have been a lot of people like connecting with me through through that business. So I felt like it's time to take LinkedIn seriously. All right. Yeah, well. Yeah. I just published that I was scammed by eBay on my LinkedIn. So <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Like that's the first thing that pops up when people Google my name. <laughs> so I felt like it's necessary. We'll see. Since then, Love I that. haven't received any messages that people were scammed via my name. So I guess it proved uh, successful. I guess so. We'll yeah. Well, oh, but yeah, that's still bad. But yeah. My recommendation for this week oh, yeah, is... Oh, yeah, I didn't ask you. What's your recommendation yeah. for the week? <laughs> My recommendation for this week is a Netflix series, a mini-series, called Explained. And I know you've been recommending to me Explained the Mind or, or whatever that's called. And they did a spin-off. I think it's actually... It's not new, it's been on there quite a while, but I've never seen it. And it's called Explained Money. Yeah, I've seen that as well, actually. It like talks about the stock market and everything, right? Yeah, so, so there's an episode on the stock market. There's an episode on student loans. Uh, I think there's an episode on uh, gambling addiction and some other episodes and it's been really interesting like interesting in terms of the stock market has continuously been growing except for like market crashes etc so it kind of took away some pressure of okay if i invest money i have to be very conscious about what stocks i invest in but in the long term they all go up um but also student loans i feel like in uh, germany we don't struggle with that as much but I do. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, laughing, but I'm, I'm serious. No, I yeah, I know. But I feel like uh, it's been very mind boggling to see how the US deals with student loans and the whole system that's like attached to going to university in America. So I feel like that's not something that a lot of Europeans struggle with. So that was very eye opening. The amounts um, of uh, the amounts of student loans are just insanely different to what we have to pay here in yeah. Europe. That's that's true. Yeah, yeah, and people still being in debt with their student loans when they are like sixty or seventy, mm. and it just continues to grow and grow because of the interest that you have to pay on the student loans. I'm like, you s you set up your people for failure like what the fuck mm. are you doing um yeah and just the the paradox of you have to and that's something that is still relevant for europe or for the rest of the world that we're currently living in a society where you have to get a degree to have employment or to have like a decent waged employment but at the same time not everyone can afford a degree and that's where Germany is definitely better than America because we have so much lower university rates, but still not everyone can afford a degree, but then they can't afford 
decent employment and then there's kind of this paradox of or oh, you have you have to get a student loan but you have to pay it off with your decent wage so you don't have anything from your decent wage so you can't build wealth and you drown in debt and what this you is... just went all the all the way down that spiral yeah, yeah. what i mean insane. yeah yeah so that's my recommendation to keep it short nice. watch that <laughs> i think it's also worth re-watching definitely because I, I'm, I mean i watched it but way back now so re-watching it would probably just like yeah yeah it's very interesting nice All right, without further ado, let's move on to our actual episode for today then. And Helena already introduced it to us in the beginning of this episode. We are talking about Business X today. Yeah. What are Business X in general, Helena? Enlighten <laughs> us. Yeah, I think X is kind of a term that Generation Z coined uh, the past couple of months in on TikTok or on Instagram, on social media in general. And it's basically, for us millennials out there, it's basically like a point or like a feeling which you used to think, oh, that's very attractive or I like that sort of thing. And then something happens uh, through a situation or a behavior usually um, that this feeling flips to kind of disgust or like you suddenly don't like that anymore and that's what people call getting the ick like you're kind of freaked out or repelled by it and yeah this kind of kills all the the desire or aspiration that you once had to that thing and people can have lots of icks like relationship icks or people icks or in our case we want to explore some business icks that we have and that's what we prepare for this episode yes and i must confess uh me being a millennial i guess i honestly wasn't really sure about what the term business x or in general x means uh, so that's why i reached out to helena just before the episode <laughs> i was like so are we talking about business x in general or like business x for an entrepreneur so bear with me i, <laughs> I It's very well possible that I understood the term to be something completely different to what it is, but we'll see as the we'll see. episode uh, continues. Yes. Yeah, it'll, it'll still be fun to explore something that is kind of annoying to us in business. If you're prepared, that, then you're on the right track. Well, I, what I understood under the term X was somehow a red flag. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm hoping I get it right in that way, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah, well, do you want to start? I'd prefer for you to start, just to uh, <laughs> reconsider my choice of... Uh, okay. <laughs> um, my first ick is that I see, or I see that in a lot of like life coaches and business coaches, is that sometimes they advertise with how much they made in terms of revenue and well first you would say okay this is really nice this is I love that development because it gives transparency it gives a more realistic overview and 
that is all good and nice but something about that just gives me the ick because we don't know how they come to these numbers like if you say you're a seven-figure entrepreneur or as an eight-figure life coach I'm always like well yeah but is that monthly is that annual is that your overall life earnings like what what do you mean and people use it as a way to kind of give themselves credibility of being like hey I'm like a seven-figure business coach so you have to invest in me because I'm really credible like I know what I'm talking about and I don't know something is just doesn't seem right to me being um, advertising with how much you made rather than advertising with your actual expertise or like client mm. results or whatever. I don't know what you you think about that. I totally agree. And uh, I actually think I understood the task for today, right? Because um, That's great. <laughs> my, my, uh, one of my business icks very much relates to that. And I think maybe we can explore those two together. Sure. Because one of my business icks is basically all those people that are online and advertising themselves, you know, like uh, join my team now and make 10K within a month, you yeah. know, that what kind the of fuck? thing. So um, I don't know why, but uh, a few weeks back, I ended up in the Instagram algorithm where those people were, uh, yeah, put as advertisement placements in between my reels quite a lot it's like well you don't believe that you can make 10k a month by only writing texts online or something like that mm -hmm. and I'm not sure it's an ick because I wasn't initially attracted by it yeah um but I still find it so annoying and kind of red flaggy and I think that ties in quite nicely with what you just said because it basically plays on that um on that entire point of I know what I'm doing and I can teach you how to be the most successful person you ever can be without minimal input and I think that just transports a very very wrong message right yeah totally and something is just weird when we advertise with how much money we make because it is such a like low way of advertising like is there nothing better about your offer about your business except for how much money you make or except for um showing me how to get to 10k months but that's not everything like I don't believe there's like this magic formula getting you to 10k a month in like three months like how would you how would you make sure that I reach that goal? I honestly think that there's quite a few people out there who are looking for just that, yeah. who are looking for making the most money out of the least effort. And I think to those people, uh, those two business icks or those two personalities, um, more or less representing those two business icks, are very attractive. Because people think like, okay, they made it. They've got mm -hmm. a seven-figure business and they can teach me in just three simple steps of how I can be that successful. And I think those people really are only interested in 
making money. And I think that's how the two of us really differentiate from those people or from the target group that they have, in that we don't solely want to have, I don't know how many million euros on our bank account, but we also want to contribute something to society, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it it, it gives off the same vibe as those crash diets. Like, yeah. all that lose 10 kilos in three weeks and I'm like do you really want to lose 10 kilos in three weeks that is so unhealthy and you can't maintain it and now after six weeks you weigh 20 kilos more because you all put it on again because it's not a sustainable lifestyle that you're leading and if I see an advertisement like this like go to 10k months in like three months I'm like yeah that's all nice and good but are you actually going to teach me the systems that I need in place to maintain those 10K months and to manage those 10K months? Because sometimes I feel like we are so blindsided by the sheer amount of money that that is, but that money also means responsibility. And you have to pay taxes. You have to have good money management. Like, what is 10K worth if you spend it all on, I don't know, a fancy bag and now you have the bag but you don't do anything with your business and there's just so much more to earning this amount of money and I would much rather have a coach that teaches me how to get to 10k months in like a custom timeline or no timeline at all but really make sure okay I have the appropriate systems in place to earn 10k on a continuous basis and each month without burning out without feeling horrible without um, putting it back into my business so my business becomes self-sustaining etc so I feel like yeah we're not we're not business owners to entertain the quick fix yeah but I think that has to do with our society becoming more and more interested in the easy wins yeah maybe not becoming interested in it more and more but I think the ways of doing so are becoming easier due to the the global and digital world there's like many ways to create an income almost passive yeah uh, almost passively so that people oftentimes don't want to take the hard like don't want to take the difficult journey if someone offers them to just take it with the least effort to be put in <laughs> and I think that's that's the issue of it yeah it's, it kind of also plays into the um which I saw in explained because they also talked about money and winning the lottery that the majority of people that win the lottery actually go bankrupt mm -hmm. which is First, you would say, oh, that is so weird because literally they want so much money. It is millions, but they haven't had any money management at all. So they're now, I don't know, 100 million euros in their bank account. And they're like, well, I can spend it on everything but because I have enough for the rest of my life. And then one year later, they have nothing anymore. And yeah. it gives me kind of the same vibe as those coaches being well, I'm a seven-figure coach. I'm going to teach you how to be a seven-figure entrepreneur in three weeks. And I'm like, 
Come on. You, you Are you see? really? <laughs> True, fair call. No, you're not. So we're concluding, rather than people telling us how to create seven-figure businesses, we need more people helping us to get there and to maintain yeah. what we have. Yeah, of course I want to be a seven-figure business owner. Like, that would be amazing. Like, the end goal is not bad and that you're advertising with being a seven-figure business itself is not bad but it's just the vibe that's like a yeah. little a little weird like a lot know. weird yeah don't do that don't no, no. don't overdo it <laughs> all right nina Honestly. hit me with the next one my next business ick and yeah. there with my last one i guess <laughs> um actually comes really natural to me and it's greenwashing mm. so um especially those companies that portray themselves to be like super sustainable and to be, you know, a frontier in the sustainability industry, those people. And then one after the other kind of comes out with ways of how they've been pushing their own sustainability to be yeah. perceived better than, yeah, better than it was. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be those frontiers in sustainability. It can be just the average business so look at h&m for example mm -hmm. over the recent years sustainability has become more and more important we we cannot doubt that that's that's how it is that's yeah. the truth yeah. um but then you've got big fast fashion brands like h&m who are trying to hop on that trend and they are selling their clothes uh, to be eco-friendly, to be sustainable, to be the better choice, to be for humanity and nature and all of that, you know, mm -hmm. um, 100% uh, recycled cotton, this and there, completely overshadowing the fact that they are still destructively hurting our environment, our planet. And that's something that I absolutely hate to see yeah you know Why? me as the me as the end consumer i'd like to make informed choices but by that use of vague and unverified terms like saying i'm eco-conscious eco-friendly this and that those terms are not to any point trademarked like people mm -hmm. can just use them and they will in order to yeah. portray themselves to be greener than they actually are you know the term eco-conscious is kind of a weird term because what does eco-conscious actually mean like you're conscious of the ecosystem that's what I would define yeah. it as but yeah. it like for me saying as a business okay I'm eco-conscious it's just that yeah I, I know great. yeah you're aware like that's the bare minimum like you are aware yeah. but that doesn't mean you do anything about it that doesn't mean you are sustainable you are operating Uh, climate positive, climate neutral, sustainable, ethical, environmentally friendly, organic, whatever. Like eco-conscious just means you know about it. Great. 100%. But <laughs> even even with those other terms, you know, even with eco-friendly, with sustainable, with responsible, with ethical, like none of those terms have a standardized definition. So you can yeah. use them in the way it portrays your business to be the most eco-friendly, the most sustainable, you know? Like, you can decide, oftentimes, not always, but you can decide what you portray your business to be. Yeah. And me as H&M, I also wouldn't say, like, we've got 
this and that many tons of clothes that are not being bought that we throw onto a big pile of uh, landfill and let it rot over there. Just kidding. It can't rot because it's mainly plastic. You know, like, <laughs> why would I do that? That portrays me in a very bad light. So Uh-oh. I prefer to say that 2% of the clothes that I produce are actually recycling. I don't know how many percent of polyester. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I feel like that for like the first point is really giving me the ick as well but on the other hand also we don't do a lot to educate consumers because brands use those greenwashing marketing terms like eco-consciousness because they kind of sound they sound sustainable like it's a great term like great marketing but people don't know about what these terms mean and of course they don't consciously um, educate themselves if they're not interested in it and the people that are interested in in sustainability are already a step further and probably know that H&M and like Shein or Boohoo or whatever those fast fashion brands are are not the best choice but though we really need to educate the ones that are not conscious about it or not interested in sustainability yet and I feel like that's giving another layer that we just don't care look i agree with what you said but at the same time i think that even for those consumers that are considering themselves to be more eco-conscious um (laughs) than the average for us german um even those people oftentimes have a hard time distinguishing because Mm -hmm. uh businesses can say whatever they want to and so if you for example go to a drugstore and you want to buy your next uh, shower gel or something so many of them have net zero written on them Mm -hmm. but the thing is are you actually net zero or are you just paying loads of money in order to pay off your certificates to be able to call yourself net zero you know like there's a big difference between getting the easy way out and portraying yourself to be sustainable or making the right strategic choices and actually transforming to be the best version of the business that you can be for yeah. people, planet and profit. Well, not profit so much for people and planet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? I totally get it. And I do, however, or at least that's my uh, feeling is that in my like conscious consumer journey, which I'm on at the moment, um, is that I found using or buying a lot of brands to be very confusing because I just don't know how their uh, sustainability strategy is or how their behavior is so I don't know well I always assume if it's me then I'm probably not the only one but I tend to stick to a certain set of brands at the moment with for example clothing I have two or three Uh, sustainable brands that are not very cheap to be honest but where I know that they produce sustainable clothing uh, that I really love and that fit me well and I don't venture off on any other brands anymore like what H&M does for example doesn't interest me because yeah I don't wear the clothes I don't I don't buy the clothes anymore and I much rather invest in stable pieces rather than trend pieces um yeah. But that's also because I'm getting 
older and <laughs> trends don't interest me as much anymore as when I was like 16 or 17 and every piece that I had in my wardrobe was kind of an accent piece and now I'm like mm. white t-shirt blue jeans it's fine <laughs> there we go let's go yes <laughs> yeah but yeah but totally and same with that greenwashing and also if and if a brand is at, that's actually an ick that I haven't written down but it is really icky is that brands advertise with a CSR strategy and I'm yeah, like well, that's greenwashing as a, as a uh, that's greenwashing at its best yeah yeah like CSR is like the bare minimum that you can do it is it is is it required I don't know but it's like you don't do anything yeah if you have a CSR strategy it's all fuss and bus and yeah as you said, it's the bare minimum that you should implement in your business in order to have the right to even exist. Sometimes not even that. Sometimes your right of existence actually would be so much more than you're doing because yeah. you're still in there primarily for the profit. And yeah, that's then, an issue, yeah. And then brands being very proud and being like, oh, that is our CSR strategy. I'm like, mm. well... Do more, you yeah. know, <laughs> do more, be better. <laughs> I can see from your annual report that you should do more and you can afford, you can afford to do more. Just pay your yeah. CEO like one billion less per year and we'll be fine. 100% agree. <laughs> Enough about greenwashing. What is your last business ache, Helena? My last business ick, and I think we talked about it before, but I'm going to say it again. Sponsored posts on Reels and TikToks that are just obviously sponsored <laughs> are not it. It's not it, especially. I mean, it's, I've just seen it like before we recorded this episode, scrolling through Reels and like all the Reels are very nice, entertaining. And then there's a picture. As a real, I'm like, what are you doing here? Why? <laughs> Get out! What of are it. you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, I can't. I can't deal with it. Just put in a little bit more effort, even if you're. Usually, it's the businesses that are trying to be modern, but even have a marketing department. But just don't put in as much effort. I'm like, you can easily use this picture and record a little video of either you talking or whatever like a trendy thing and that will blend in so much more with the feed and would be so much more entertaining rather than just a picture that I will scroll past in 0.1 seconds also you need to think about it those businesses are paying actual money to be skipped yeah you know like you are advertising with the like you are paying money to be placed within the real section of Instagram, which obviously can't be the cheapest form of advertisement. And then you decide to choose a format that absolutely does not engage your yeah. your audience. Like you might as well take a bunch of cash and just lit it up with fire. Like yeah. that would be the same result. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Nah, nothing. It feels it feels like if businesses do that as their marketing strategy, it feels like there's a person in this marketing department that hates their job and just 
is there because they need the money and they just do the bare minimum of their boss saying, okay, we want to run an advertising campaign on Instagram or TikTok, do something, and they do something, but they don't actually want to do it. So they just put a picture there. Yeah. That's the energy it gives me. <laughs> it's just not it. I'm also like, I'm I'm not that much into the Instagram and TikTok game. Like, I've never opened TikTok in my life. But I can imagine TikTok being even more fast-paced than Instagram mm -hmm. is right now. Yeah. And in such an environment, you need to grasp the attention of people. Yeah. Because otherwise, as you said, you're, you're not even spending a millisecond on looking at that thing. Because you're just like being taken by the spiral of TikTok taking you to the next and the next and the next and the next reel. So you you need to stand out if that yeah. is the marketing choice that you go for. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, <laughs> those were our business icks. Um, if you have any icks that you want to share, um, message us on Instagram at the Startup Radio. We would love to share your icks. We... I felt like it was very fun talking about it. I don't know about you, Nina. I always hate talking to you, so. I'm going to cry. Right. Have a little cry. No, yeah. I actually enjoy this as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so share your icks and we can share them either on Instagram or uh, on the next episode of our uh, podcast. And um, yeah, I think, Nina, you prepared some questions, so did prepare some questions so let's move on to the next section of our episode which is three questions yeah the first question nicely ties in with your weekly accomplishments of last week actually and my question is as a fresh graduate what advice would you give to all our listeners who are just about to finish up their studies <laughs> your presentation is not as important as you think Because nice. it's not. I mean, for me, it wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how the great structure is in your university, but for me, it was 10% of my grade. So it actually was just a formality. And being the overachiever that I am, I still wanted to make it perfect. But looking back, I put too much effort in it. And I could have used this time to do something else rather than prepare the presentation for four days straight. What would you have done instead? Work on my business. Fuck <laughs> <Fair> all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question. What is one thing you learned either last week or in the in the past month that will benefit you for the rest of your life? Presentations are not as important as you think. No jokes. <laughs> you can't come come my way with the same recommendation. Um, I would say that definitely gut feelings are a thing and your gut is usually right because what I learned the past, I would say, what, two weeks or something where I didn't have a lot of uni work, I had some free time and I was really pulled to do certain tasks like work on my business especially my offers and packages and services and um yeah I don't know where where that takes me but I really felt this pull 
of mm-hmm. okay, I need to I need to revise it. And because I chatted with our first ep- uh, podcast guest this morning, that really opened my eyes as well. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's for the better. I never have really have like in depth worked on my office. I kind of just yeah offer what most most brand and web designers offer but yeah something just pulls me to kind of do something else in that realm so listen to your intuition I don't know whether where my intuition is leading me but still listen to (laughs) I think that's I think that's a nice thing to have learned I think you were aware of it before but just having that reminder that your intuition is such a great tool that that leads you from within. I think that's very yeah. powerful. Yeah, I think your intuition also knows when the right timing is because I knew that my offers weren't probably how they should be or as attractive as they should be, but I just didn't have the time to work on it and really sit down and think about it. But somehow my gut just knew, oh, okay, well, she finished her dissertation now. Well, she has some time to kind of get into that task now. And no matter what I was doing, like preparing content for the podcast or working on my uh, thesis presentation, somehow I always thought about, oh, let me just like quick check in the Google Doc where I structure my office. Or somehow my energy just pulled me towards that. And um, yeah, go go after that intuition. Nice. Yeah. And last question for today. What is your most annoying characteristic or trait as an entrepreneur? (laughs) I have no boundaries with myself. Meaning? Meaning that if I have the time to work on my business 24-7, I will. And I don't care if it's... I don't care if it's like 11 p.m. at night and I'm exhausted. If I have an idea, I had to, I have to act on it. And I feel like that's very annoying because sometimes I get lost in the tasks, in working in my business and on my business and developing ideas and products and services or a new website, etc. And then I'm exhausted the next day because I have no like actual sleep rhythm. And uh, yeah. I don't know. That's annoying. That's what I need to work on. I know that about myself, but still, yeah, I hate that. Well, maybe in some of the other or some of the next episodes, we can explore ways to overcome those characteristics, those traits. Look for tools and ways to uh, to set some boundaries for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a good episode. Nice. Maybe we find someone who can help us with that as well. Is there like a boundary coach out there that wants to uh, visit us on our podcast? <laughs> a stress relief, a stress relief mentor for entrepreneurs. Perfect. Sounds sounds yeah. like the person we need. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the person we need. Reach out. <laughs> Do so, please. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> All right, and those were my three questions. So yeah. I think there's not much else to say. Rather than see you goodbye. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yeah. I don't know what I wanted to say. Okay, I know what I want to say. 
as always, um, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at thestartup.radio and chat with us about your business eggs, about general things about business. If you have any questions, we'll do our best to answer them because we're literally on this journey with you and we have no idea what we're doing. So you can connect with us there. And yeah, if you're feeling extra kind, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. That would be really nice as well. And if not, that's also fine. But <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, otherwise, we'll see you next week for another episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.